stop there and throw it open for questions. Brian? I get to ask the, the uh, first question. What do you think is the timing of the release of the <coughs> Well, uh, I'm asked that question about 100 times a week by the news media. And uh, my answer always is this. First of all, we have to get an agreement. We do not yet have a deal. Um, but I believe we can get one. And, and in fact, I think as the dynamics move to where the time to roll it out are better, uh, we will get, be able to get one more rapidly. But secondly, uh, I personally think that the politics surrounding the debt ceiling fight are so toxic right now in terms of the rigidity of the positions that are being created and the intensity of the political warfare that is taking place over it that it would be very damaging to a gang of six into that mix. Now, that's my opinion. I, I will tell you that is definitely not the, the opinion of all of the members of our group. But my opinion is that the best time for this to happen is probably when the Blair process or the Biden process has played out. That may be as early as this week or next week. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I, I think we need to let the Biden group do whatever it is they are going to do. And then, frankly, if they do well, our process isn't needed anymore. If they don't, then I think that the political uh, stage is a, a much better uh, setting at that point for us to move forward. Yes. <clears throat> well, the first thing I do is duck. Uh, I will tell you, when I voted last December for the Fiscal Commission plan, which remember I told you had stuff in it that I hated, well, so did my constituents. And uh, when, when all of us voted for the plan, we activated every special interest group in America because we literally did put everything on the table. And every interest group in America had a problem with what we were doing. And <clears throat> as you know, interest groups are organized in this country to be very effective at getting their membership activated. And, and uh, I would tell you, from the left to the right and everywhere in between, the knives came out and they are still out. At the same time, so literally, when I go back, I, I spend a lot of time talking to groups to explain the nature of the problem we got and, and, and also what it is that our solution really is, because it's also not always fairly or accurately characterized. But the second thing is, at the same time all of that's going on, there is a phenomenally huge positive uh, reaction to what we are doing by a, a vast number of my constituents and people across the country. And I get that too. And so I, I, I also have the opportunity to encourage them and, and to have you know warm, fuzzy meetings with them and encourage them to get engaged and active. And, and I'll say to you, I, one of the things I say to every group I meet with is grassroots politics really works in this country. A lot of Americans have given up on it. They think that they don't have a voice and they don't know how to impact what's going on in Washington. The reality is that individuals and grassroots activities are what impacts Washington probably more than anything else. And so I tell people, A, get engaged, but B, uh, get your uh, friends and neighbors, your circle of influence engaged. Uh, get your Christmas card list out, get your email contacts, get your Facebook friends and your Twitter tweets or whatever your social media is. And, you know, engage and, and 
I believe that there is a tremendous power of the American people there that will help us get past this. And I actually believe that the only way we will get past it is if the American people get it and, and get engaged. I'll, I'll tell you one quick vignette about, uh, well, it was March. There was a poll done, and in this poll, and all the polls since then have said the same thing in, in another way. But this poll identified uh, self-identified members of tea parties. So you would assume that they're probably a little more fiscally attuned and conservative. But um, it asked them a ton of questions. One of the questions was, do you think we have a debt crisis that's got to be handled? And it was like 65% said yes, which I actually thought was surprisingly low. But um, then for the same group of people, the exact same people in the same poll, they went through a list of about 20 or 30 reforms that would be a part of our solution. Everything from Medicare and Medicaid to education spending to defense spending to uh, unemployment insurance to they, they, one of them was even uh, loan guarantees on nuclear power plants. I mean, they, they literally went through a list and said, well, would you support reforms in these areas to help us get a handle on our problem? And for the major areas, uh, every single solitary major area, from Social Security through all of the entitlements, through the things like education to heating, you know, subsidies or whatever, uh, they couldn't get over 50% on one of them. And most of them were down in the 30s. So the point there is that the, the American people can get it at the global level. We still aren't there at the, at the, in the weeds, down in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. New ideas every day about the debt limit, and the Senate Democratic leadership came out with <coughs> a whole idea about more payroll tax cuts and more infrastructure spending. Do you ever think the gang of six, including the three Democrats, one of them is actually in leadership, would say, this is crazy, what are you talking about? You're going to have a whole new round of spending and tax cuts when we're actually trying to you know, address the debt? I'm just wondering, would a gang of six ever begin to not just work on your own idea, but also start taking we'll start reacting like to these. say, we're, we don't want to go in that direction. I'm curious for your take on that. Um, probably not. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is <clears throat> uh, if you look at the Gang of Six, it really does cover the entire political spectrum, from Dick Durbin to Mike Crapo or Tom Coburn. And, uh, and, and in that room, it, it's probably something that most of you would love to you know, have a videotape to watch. But the dynamics in that room of, of the six of us working together are remarkable. Uh, I'll honestly tell you, and I think Dick Durbin would tell you the same thing, I never thought that he and I would be having the level of sincere discussions about policy issues like this that we are having because we usually disagree so much on issues. Uh, but we are finding solutions. My point, though, is that when you get to these other solutions, uh, that breadth of disagreement in, or different philosophy in the Gang of Six uh, is still there. Uh, remarkably to me, the, the uh, proposal came out yesterday, it was probably already out, but it kind of surfaced in the media yesterday, that there's a push for a new round of stimulus spending. Um, now, I, I think that the Gang of Six probably would not be united on that idea. So I don't know that we could get united and, and approach it in one way or another, if you see what I'm saying.
to be in the U.S. Um, debt obligation, that's going to flow through the cost of financing for every consumer goods and have enormous inflationary impact. And the challenge you have dealing with the long-term debt is any increase in inflation and financing costs in the United States will compress that period of time in which we have to act. And so you Correct. have two pressure I agree with you completely. <clears throat> and when I said earlier I didn't think the Gang of Six thing was really the same as the debt ceiling, it's definitely in the same game. And, and in fact, in my opinion, one of the best things that the Biden group could do would be to adopt the Gang of Six proposal. And, and it would be a, a phenomenally powerful response, not only to the debt ceiling fight, but to the debt crisis. And uh, so I agree with you. The politics, however, are what I was referring to. <clears throat> And, and uh, I just, I, like I said in regard to Brian's question, I think the politics are such that uh, the battle over the debt ceiling today has not moved into the comprehensive scope of the kind of battle that we need to have on the broader scale that you've described. Sure. Well, you know, let me just quickly comment on that. You're right. <clears throat> uh, one of the reasons that we were not on the Gang of Six or on the Fiscal Commission able to get as deeply into entitlement reform as we would like to uh, is that, uh, you know, candidly, uh, we just went through a wrenching battle in the last Congress where the majority crammed down with their 60 votes uh, a bill that was extremely divisive politically. Well, you know, you know, you know my feelings about it. Uh, but we had just finished that fight when we started the fiscal commission deliberations, and frankly, there was no political stomach or will on the part of the Democrats to reopen that and let us start picking apart the very bill they had just spent their capital cramming in, and that is still part of the dynamic, in my opinion. 
the Republicans or conservatives uh, want to do Medicare reforms that essentially involve unraveling a lot of what was done in the health care bill last Congress. And the Democrats are strongly resistant to that. So you have those politics right now playing out in the midst of the debt crisis on probably one of the biggest pieces of the solution. Let's go here, and then you've had your hand up over here, too. They do. The yeah, the the level of outright fraud is uh, phenomenal. Right. We will uh, actually, we are starting, and the, the Gang of Six, for example, is getting into some of those. Uh, and, and I've seen more attention being brought to that. You're absolutely right in your observation that there's some low-hanging fruit there, if you will, in terms of major savings. And the, the amount of dollars is phenomenal, uh, particularly when you project it out over a decade. And uh, so I think that you are right. The, the one stumbling block that I have seen so far is that not everybody yet agrees uh, that what is th that the potential there is as big as it is, and there are still some who think that this is a trick to figure out how to cut benefits or how to somehow get in and gut the programs or whatever. And so we've got to get past some of the suspicious politics and, and that kind of thing. But there is mounting evidence and pressure because of that evidence that there are significant areas of savings that we could achieve in those areas in particular. Medicaid's another one. Uh, it, the entire program. Uh, where we could have phenomenal savings. Let's see, I said I would come over here. Yeah, just, a, just a quick process question. When you started discussing the Gang of Six, you mentioned that there were 30 senators who were interested in this Have they been brought along throughout the process? So hopefully when you all do announce, it'll be 6 plus 30 or 6 plus 24 that are supporting this? Or uh, The short answer is yes. At the beginning, and, and basically up until Tom Coburn stepped out, we kept it pretty tight among the six because, you know, if things get out, then they get attacked and it makes it harder to build the deal. But one of the things we've been doing, particularly since Tom left, is exactly that. We've been talking to the other 30, uh, not in terms of negotiating, because we aren't trying to get a group of 30 negotiators together, but in terms of vetting what we've been doing and helping to get a better understanding of where we've been getting it right and where we've been getting it wrong and what we need to do to fine-tune it. And uh, basically get their input and their buy-in. 
And so we, we are working in that direction. And uh, I'll, I'll just say, uh, when I said earlier that I think that the process over the debt ceiling and the politics around it are a little bit toxic to our effort, uh, that's one of the areas where that became evident. Because as we started talking to our broader group of colleagues about individual parts of our plan that we were trying to build on a bipartisan basis, and as you might guess, that involves some compromise, uh, the, the level of, of willingness to compromise among our broader group of colleagues was getting impacted by the debate over the debt ceiling, if, if I'm making sense there. And so what we found out in that process was that it, it would be better, at least what I found out in that process, is that it would be better to try to roll this out in a different environment if possible. Um, I don't know if that all made made sense, but yes, we are trying to expand to that larger group and, and keep them bought in and involved and engaged. Senator, one last question. Peter, did you have one? Uh, I did have a question. What are your thoughts on the, the necessity of the President becoming uh, both engaged behind closed doors and engaged with the public on, on getting to a solution and, and the value of it at this point versus later in the summer? Uh, the, the sooner the better. I have been openly and consistently critical of the President's absence from the debate. Uh, remember, it was the President's executive order and the President's fiscal commission that started this whole situation that I'm working on. Last November, the President's fiscal commission voted 11 out of 18 to adopt a plan, and to this date, the President has not even adopted the plan. He hasn't even spoken about whether he agrees with any parts of the plan. He hasn't even come – the only – involvement he's had so far is to put out his original budget, which everybody has uh, rejected. I mean, it was a joke. I'm sorry. And uh, since that time, he has basically said, you know, I'm going to let my fiscal commission work on this, and then he's rejected that, and then he said, I'm going to let Congress work on this, and, and Congress wasn't getting anywhere. So he finally, I think, was pushed into creating the Biden process. But even he is not engaged as I understand it, very much in that process. Uh, the President of the United States has to lead. And uh, I hope that he gets that message sooner than later. I think that he is hoping that the Biden group will come up with something and then he can say, okay, this is what I'm for. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to work or work well. Maybe he's hoping that the Gang of Six will come up with something and he can say, okay, this is what I'm for. But at some point, he has got to step up and lead. Senator Mike, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here.